we are staying, we can go to the word of the Lord today, Matthew the 28th chapter. Matthew chapter 28, we'll start reading in verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, end of Saturday, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, which is Sunday, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. Behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment was white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. The angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. But he is not here, for he is risen as he said, Come, See the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell the, his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, lo, I have told you. Amen. He is not on the cross. He's not in the grave. Amen. He is not here, but he is alive and well. Amen. And he is alive and wants to be inside of our hearts today. Amen. We're blessed to be in the presence of a living God. Amen. Amen. I want to preach to you today from this title, He is Not Here. Amen. Turn to a few people and, and greet them and say, He is not here. You may be seated. Amen. Today is the most popular uh, and most exciting day in all of Christianity. Um, even though that churches open their doors every week and even multiple uh, times per week, today is Easter Sunday, is the day that all those that profess and claim to be Christians uh, uh, attend the service today, and we thank every one of you for coming, and we're glad you're here today, uh, and rightfully so, because today is the day that separates Christianity from all other religions. Today is that day, and that is why we come to celebrate and to give Jesus praise uh, because Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, is what validates and verifies that Christianity is the one and true religion that worships the one and true God because our God is alive. Our leader is still alive. Even though he was killed, he is not still in the grave. He rose again on the third day. Amen. No other uh, religion can profess that. Amen. And so Jesus is alive and well. And that the death of Jesus Christ is not what brought us here today. Because Jesus' death doesn't make him any different than any other man or woman. Because there's appointed unto every man or woman uh, that day to die. 
So we all have to face death. We all have that appointment. And so uh, the death of Jesus is, is just like everyone else. We all have to die. And so it doesn't separate him from any other prophet of God or religious figures. Uh, uh, the Old Testament prophets, they all died as well. Uh, the prophet Muhammad of Mecca was born and he died. Buddha was born and died. Uh, Confucius or jo Joseph Smith and all those people, they were all born and they all died. But what separates Jesus from every single one of them is, is that he was born and that he died, but he did not stay in that grave because the grave could not hold him. He was too powerful for death, too powerful for the grave, and he rose from the dead on the third day, and death could not keep him down, and death has no power over God. And so, O oh death, where is thy sting? O oh grave, where is thy victory? And so all the other religious figures are still in the grave, but yet we're here today rejoicing that ours is not in the grave because he is the one true God. Jesus is God manifested in the flesh. He is made known in the flesh, uh, and so that is the one true God of heaven the one who made the earth, the one who spoke all of these things into existence. And he is the creator, the one and only God. And so the prophecies, scriptures of old and Old Testament uh, people uh, that God used spoke many things. And they, they, would, they maybe not really understood what they were saying, but they were prophesying and speaking things as God used them. And one of those prophecies we see is in Isaiah 9 and 6. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Everyone knows who the son is. We're talking about that the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, also be called uh, the Mighty God. The Son is going to be called the Mighty God and also the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, because the Son, there is no difference between the Son and the Father. We can't see God in heaven, but we can see Jesus. Uh, and so that is why the Son is also called the Father, because they are one and the same. And so when God robed himself in flesh, he didn't just come proclaiming to be something that he wasn't. And the best way to prove that is to go to the grave. Because everybody we know, all humans, we have to go to the grave. And as far as we know, nobody else has come out of that. Once you go into the grave, you don't, we don't ever see you again. Uh, and so if somebody is professing and proclaiming to be God, the best litmus test is to say, let's put them in the grave. Because that's going to separate man from God. That's going to separate all, all the talk and all the walk. And so uh, what did they, the, the best way to do that is to put him in the grave. And whether they uh, realize it or not, but they found out that three days later he came out of that grave. The angel said, he is not here. The one that you're looking for is not here. We took him off the cross. You put him in the grave. But, hey, he's not here. Come and look where he lays. He's gone uh, away he is not here and so death is the separator of persons 
Death will make a liar out of a person that claims to be God. But death will also point to the one that is God. Because death doesn't have power over God. And if death and God come face to face in a battle, there's only going to be one that comes out victorious, and that is God Almighty. And so when we see Jesus Christ come to face uh, death, uh, death thought they had a hold on him. But three days later, we realize who has the real power over death. And we're told that he, Jesus went down and got the keys to death, hell, and the grave, and he rose again. And I'm thankful that he rose because now that we know that Jesus really is the Messiah. Jesus really is God manifested in the flesh that there is no other God out there but Jesus. And so we are here to worship and give him praise because he proved himself to be who he was. And so um, we see in Hebrews, the second chapter says, but we see Jesus was made a little lower than the angels his body was prepared uh, uh, lower than the angels, just like you're my body. We are, we're not made uh, on the level angels are. We're lower than them. Uh, and so uh, a body was prepared for, for God to come. And so he was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death because God's a spirit. You can't kill a spirit, but you can kill a body. And so you want to represent God. You, God made himself a body. And so you want to kill something, you can kill this body. But you're not going to kill the spirit of God. And that is what took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And so uh, he was made a little lower for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. And that is something that God, being God, never really had a taste of because God can't, you can't kill God. And so the only way that God can get a taste of death and to understand what humanity goes through is that he's got to become a man himself. He's got to be born of a woman and, and, and live on this earth and walk the earth like you and I do and, and be tempted like you and I are in all our ways. And so uh, for the, the, the taste of death, he became a man. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things and bring in many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. He had to do what he did. He had to go to the cross. He, he had to shed his blood because the death, the blood of goats and bulls are not going to uh, suffice in the eyes of God. It, it worked for the Old Testament, but God knew that that was just a temporary thing, that I've got to do things and I've got to finalize everything. And the only sacrifice that is worthy and that can do it is the Lamb of God. God robed himself in flesh and he became the Lamb. He became the sacrifice so that everything, salvation can be made perfect. But it had to be paid through the shedding of blood. None of us are innocent. 
None of us can shed our blood for sins and uh, to wipe away sins. We can't even cover up our own sins, let alone somebody else's sins. But the pure, innocent blood of Jesus Christ is powerful enough to cover every single person's sins. No matter what you've done, no matter how bad you are and, and decisions you have made, and, and it doesn't matter the depth you have gone to, the blood of Jesus can cover your sins today. He already shed his blood for you the bible says while we were yet sinners christ died for the ungodly we don't have to have everything uh primmed and proper in order to come to church in order to come to god no he already died for us because we are already sinners the church is like a hospital comes the people that are hurting and sick and need help. That's where we come to. Uh, but we turn to the great physician. We turn to Jesus Christ because he can meet all of our needs. He can help every situation no matter what it is that you are going through. Jesus is here to help you. And if you want the help, you got to surrender to him today and he can do something great in your life. For both, verse 11, for both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church. I will sing praise unto thee. Amen. That's why we come together in a place like this in a time like this. We come to sing praises to him in the middle of the church. We're going to lift up the name of Jesus because he's done everything for us. He's given this life. He's given us salvation and opportunity to turn around and become a new man or a new woman. And that old person has died off and we don't have to face that uh, sin any longer because Jesus can provide the deliverance from whatever it is that we are facing and so in the middle of the church will I sing praise unto thee and again I will put my trust in him and, uh, and again behold the children which God hath given me for as much uh, then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood he also likewise took part of the same that through the death, through death, he might destroy him that had power over death, and that is the devil. You see, Jesus has power over the devil. He has power over death. He has power over every sickness, every disease, every demon in hell. Jesus has the power and authority over all of those things. That is why we need to run to him when we're facing trouble, when we're going through hard times, when the devil shows up in our life. We need to run to Jesus Christ because he has power over him and he we need to release him in our life and so to deliver them who through fear of death were all in their lifetime subject to bondage and so death was that one thing that every person fears nobody wants to die we all want to live we all want to live forever, and so when threatened with death, people can do a lot of things that they don't really want to do because of the fear of death. And so what did Jesus do with his death? 
is he defeated death. And so what did he took away the power of death and deliver them, uh, them through the fear of death that now we don't have to fear death any longer. Why? Because we see Jesus. We see that Jesus defeated death, and we're trying to follow after him. And so if we abide by the word of God and, and order our steps according to what Jesus says, that when death comes to us and we pass through death, we don't have to worry, but that Jesus can resurrect us too. He can bring us up on the other side of death because he has already demonstrated that he has defeated death. And so we don't have to be uh, bound by fear of death. That is why uh, Christianity is so different. Is because when Christians are persecuted and face death, they don't cower. They don't back down. They don't give in. They don't renounce the faith. They don't, they don't say, okay, I'm changing my religion because I'm facing death. No, they say uh, death doesn't got a hold on me. It doesn't have a hold on Jesus. And so we don't fear death. We know that to be absent in the body means to be present with the Lord. And so what? how are you going to threaten me with heaven that if you kill me, I wake up in heaven? That's not a threat. That's not a threat. That's an invitation. And so that's why throughout all of history, when Christians are tried and are martyred and are persecuted to get them to stop doing what they're doing, that's why they don't listen. Because they're not afraid of death, because Jesus delivers uh, his believers from the fear of death. And so verse 16, so for verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. And so Jesus has this mission. He's got, I, I have to go uh, to earth. God, I have to go to earth and I have to die for mankind. I have to face man's greatest uh, fear is death. I have to face that and I have to go through that. And so what am I going to do? How am I going to prepare myself knowing what I have to go through? Now, if, if it were up to you and up me and our way of thinking, if we have, a, if we have to face our greatest enemy, uh, then obviously we're going to prepare ourselves the best that we can, um, and uh, we're going to meet them head on. But the Hebrews tells us that Jesus did not take on him the nature of angels. He could have said, well, I'm going to face, if I'm going to face death and I'm going to face Satan, I'm going to make sure that I have the power of angels and the nature of an angel uh, that I'm going to face death with. Uh, I'm going to walk in there uh, and they uh, can't touch me. They can't do anything to me. Uh, that's the way I want to face the enemy. But that's not what Jesus said. Or that's not what he did. It says he took on him uh, the seed of Abraham. And so he didn't get a taste of death with some kind of special superhero outfit. He didn't have some kind of special flesh that, that made him immune from temptation or made him immune from the pains of death and the, and the pain that he suffered. He didn't have some kind of uh, super, uh, Superman outfit that uh, bullets bounced off of him. No, he, he could have had that option. 
But he said instead of taking on the nature of angels, I'm going to take on the seed of Abraham. I'm going to take a regular human body, and I'm going to defeat the devil, and I'm going to defeat hell with just a regular body, uh, a sinless body that was made flesh, that is made of this earth. Uh, and so uh, that goes to say that uh, he wasn't like Batman or Superman who puts these things on and then goes fight the evildoers. He didn't go to a, a telephone booth and walk out somebody different, and nobody can recognize him because he took his glasses off. Uh, uh, and so uh, Jesus did not do that because it kind of it would have been unfair. It would have been not uh, not unfair to the devil and death. They were going to get beat no matter what. But that would have made it unfair for you and me. Because then we would say, well, of course, Jesus did it. Look what look, he had. a He had a Superman suit. I don't have one of those. He had a Batman outfit. I, I, I want one of those, and if I had one of those, then I can do that. Uh, and so he didn't take on the nature of angels. He says, I'm going to be uh, take on the seed of Abraham. I'm just going to be born like everybody else here. Uh, and so uh, what, what made him uh, stand out was that he was the spirit of God inside that body. Uh, and that's what made him stand. His body was like yours and mine, but inside he had the spirit of almighty God. Uh, and that is what defeated death and hell and the grave and defeated the devil. Uh, and so... Um, and to make things fair, if Jesus is asking us to follow him and to do what he did, it would only be fair of us to say, well, give me what you have. Okay, Superman, you want me to do your thing, then I need your cape and I need your powers. And the thing that Jesus said, he said, okay, I'll give you my spirit. I will fill you with my spirit. That way you have the same access to God that I had. And so that same spirit that is in Christ can be inside of us. And so we have the power of almighty God inside of us. Whenever we repent of our sins and we are baptized in Jesus' name and filled with his spirit, we receive the same spirit that Jesus had. And so that when the devil shows up in our life, we don't have to fear any longer. Why? Because we have that power inside of us. The power to live above sin and above reproach and the, the power to cast out devils and have authority and power over all the enemy. Why? Because we have the same power that Jesus had. And so that kind of takes away the argument, doesn't it? Well, Jesus was God. Well, yeah. Well, how do you expect me to live like, like he did? He's God. Well, okay, here's his spirit. Here's his spirit. Now, now, what kind of, now what kind of excuse do we have? We have no excuse. Because if Superman gives us his cape and says, go do it, you have no excuse. If Batman gave you his, all, his whole bat cave and says, you go fight crime, and uh, we have no excuse because we have everything that he has, uh, and even uh, he's inside of us. And so uh, what God wants us to do is to receive his spirit because without that, we are lacking. Without that, we can't defeat hell. Without that, we can't defeat the devils. It's the spirit of God that defeated them. And he says, I'll give that to you as well so that you can walk and, and live a victorious life and you have every, all the access that I have. And so his, his message was uh, to show us uh, the way to go. 
that if I can do it, then you can do it as well because I'm going to give you everything that you need. I'll give you the same spirit that I have inside of you and so that when I ask you to go do something or, or when you face a hardship, you have the same resources that I have. We have the access to the almighty God inside of us. And so uh, the reason he did all of us was, this was to make a way, to pave the way, and for us to follow behind him with the same Equipment, the same resources that Jesus had. Jesus' resurrection had a purpose, has a purpose. It's not just to show the world that he is God. If the world was turned upside down with his ministry of miracles and healing of the sick and the lame and the deaf and the dumb... How much more impact on this world did his death and resurrection have uh, than all of those things? His, his resurrection was not for us to come sit idly by and, and watch him do all the work. Obviously, his death, burial, and resurrection, only he could have done that. Only he could have bore the sins of the world upon his back and, and died for every sinner uh, but after that, now that he's resurrected, it's, uh, it's more of, requires more of us than just to get around and gather around and say, yay, Jesus did it all. To cheer him on like a good supporter, go Jesus, go Jesus, that you can do it. Go, go and defeat all of our enemies and all of our foes so that I can live my life in peace and at ease. He didn't bear our sins on his back for us to be cheerleaders and sit on the side. But he did that so that we could be followers of him, that we can pick up where he left off and we can continue doing what Jesus was doing in this earth, praying for people, leading them to Christ and, 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 and deliver them of devils and, and whatever sickness or disease is in their life. We, he's now given us that responsibility but he's also given us his spirit to do that. Without his spirit, we couldn't do anything like that. And so his resurrection is more than just showing that he is God, but it's also saying I'm alive and I'm going to come and give you my spirit so that you can continue on the mission and grow the kingdom of God. Uh, and so the purpose of his death, burial, and resurrection was to create a path and to show us the way. Because he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so now that we, he's prepared a way, now that we, we know which way to go and what to do. It's not to come and see me and, and see all that I do, but it's to come and to follow me. We can easily get caught up in, 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 with the cross and and, and how instrumental that uh, device was. And we can get caught up in the death but in uh, the burial in the, in the cave. But we understand that he's not on the cross and he's not in the cave. Uh, and so uh, don't, don't hang up, get, get caught up there because he is not there. He wants you to go and find him and follow after him so that he can put his spirit inside of you. And he's got a plan and a purpose for every one of us. So we are to follow him through the hardships of life and follow him through the persecution and hardships that we face 
Uh, we will be judged by man just like Jesus was judged. We'll, we'll, they, the world will not like us because they did not like Jesus. Jesus said the world's going to hate you because it first hated me. And so to be beaten and to uh, drug to the cross and to put in the grave, but uh, and also to resurrect again on the, the third day, uh, Jesus is kind of paving the way for a believer what we need to do to follow after him and to be a disciple of his. Because Christianity is not a spectator sport. It's not a spectator religion where we just sit on the sidelines and cheer Jesus down in the ring and go, Jesus, go, Jesus, and, and do all those things. It's, it's made out to be like that. It's made out to be where it's a, it's a concession stand, and you go and grab your popcorn and come and watch Jesus do all the hard things, and we can just sit in the stands in our box seats and enjoy life. That's not what Jesus uh, built it uh, and, and did all this for. Uh, it's not for us just to show up and believe and confess and to go back home because that kind of just provides uh, an empty life. It just provides a shell of some kind of structure uh, of religion and, and rituals, and there's really no power there. There's no power, no transformation. There's no death and therefore, there is no resurrection. And so I know we, we talk about how uh, Jesus uh, took our sins on the cross so that we don't have to do that and we don't have to face that. But uh, we don't have to die for our sins because Jesus already paid that price. Well, that doesn't mean that we don't have to die. Sometimes we can get caught up and say, oh, Jesus died for me that I don't have to die anymore. Well, that's not really true because we still do have to die. We still have to die to our old ways. We have to die to that sinful lifestyle. We have to die to those addictions and uh, die to that old person that we are. We still have to die even though Jesus died for us. And so cheering, cheering about what Jesus did is great. But he also says, the reason I'm doing this is so that you can go pick up your cross and follow after me too. So that you can die as well. That your death will not be like my death, but you still we are still commanded to pick up our cross and follow him. And so we are also commanded to, to die and to be buried with him in the waters of baptism. Romans 6 and 3 says, Know ye not that so many of us, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death. And so, yes, we do have to die. Uh, it's not being crucified on the cross, but we do have to uh, die in uh, the waters of baptism and die to our will and our desires and our kingdom. Therefore, we are buried with him by waters, uh, by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. We all want to walk in the newness of life. We all want new things and a new life and a new mind and a new body. But the only way that that is going to happen is that we have to go through death. We have to face death just like Jesus faced death. And we have to go through the grave and we have to be buried with him just like he was buried. Because if we don't die, then there's no new life. 
And some of the things in our life that we need to go home and we need to bury them so that God can do something new and fresh in our life. But what it takes, it has to take something to die in order for a new life to come out of that. And so uh, Jesus died for me, yes, but I still need to die as well. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we also uh, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. If we're not going to suffer with, uh, in his death, then we're not going to experience the newness of life that he has for us. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, and then henceforth we should not serve sin. And so if we are dead to sin, if we are dead to our old ways and our old life, uh, then it shouldn't have an impact on us, right? When you die, I'm assuming when you die, you can kick that person's body and they're not going to feel anything, right? And so if we're dead to our sins, those things that we used to do, that life that we used to do, if we've died to those things, they're not going to have an impact on us anymore. Why? Because I died and I, I identify with Jesus and I went through the waters of baptism and he washed away all my sins. And because I chose to die, because I chose to pick up my cross, Jesus said, hey, I'm going to give you the power to give you a new life, to resurrect you, a new body and a new life in Christ to live in the power and experience things we've never experienced before. How many are thankful they chose to go to the grave? They chose to pick up the cross. They chose to turn from that world, that way, that life of sin, because the life that we live now are, is so much different than that world out there. And that's why whenever we come in here, we look like a, a bunch of crazy people dancing around, singing and shouting, uh, it's because we know what God has delivered us from, where he brought us from. Imagine, you mean to tell me if you're, if you're in the courtroom and you're facing uh, felony charges and, and, and you know that you did them. You know you're guilty. And then the judge just say, you're not guilty, you can go free. You don't tell me you'd be smiling. You don't tell me you'd be facing life in prison knowing you did every single one of those, but then the judge says you're innocent. I'm declaring you innocent. Go free. You don't think you'd be a little bit hopping around and dancing. You don't think you'd be raising your hands and clapping and shouting and acting crazy. Well, that's what we do here every week because we know that Jesus died for me. I know that I was guilty. I know I committed all those sins, but Jesus said, hey, come, come die with me and I'll wipe all those things away. I'll wash away your sins in the waters of baptism. And so I'm not, I don't deserve to be here today. I deserve to be dead for all the, the, the sins that I've committed against God. And so we're really all the same. Nobody's different. We're all, we've all fallen short and we've all messed up. And, and so uh, we don't judge anybody because we, uh, we're already, we already know we're guilty. 
It doesn't do anybody and, and do any good saying you're guilty. We all know we're all guilty. And so we're just a bunch of guilty people uh, here enjoying the presence of God that we don't deserve it, but by the grace and the mercy and the love of God that we're allowed to be here. And so if I have an opportunity, I'm going to come and worship God. I'm going to come and lift him up and, and thank him for his grace and mercy. And I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do my best to not to live a life that is righteous and make right choices. Not only because of what he's did, but because he's given me his spirit to help me make those right choices. And so we really are without excuse. But Christianity has kind of been come, become a, a come and see religion. It's, uh, uh, it's kind of now their church is almost like an entertainment show. Uh, it seems you just go and uh, have a great time. Uh, come and see the grave that Jesus was buried in and, and come and see the cross that Jesus hung on and, and come and see all that Jesus did for us. Uh, but really that's, uh, that's part of it. But he did all of that so that he can say what I did, now you need to do as well. That I was on the cross, so you need to get your cross. That I was died and buried, that you need to die and bury to your old life and, and come and follow me and we'll see where uh, I can take you and lead you and do things in your life. Uh, and so uh, what did the angel say to Mary? She said, come and see where he lives. But then he said, he's not here. Uh, don't spend too much time there at the grave because he's not there. He's gone on to somewhere else, and he's got something greater in store for you. And so as much as we uh, admonish and, 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 and need the cross of Jesus, he's not on the cross anymore. He's left the cross. He's left the grave. And where did he go? He's went somewhere, and he wants you to go and find him. He is not here. What did the angels say? He's gone before you. He's gone ahead of you. He's, he, he's not here. He's somewhere over there. And he told her to tell everybody he's gone ahead and to go find him, really. And so you've got to go find Jesus wherever he is in your life. Uh, we, have to, we have to come to the cross. We have to bring our cross there as well and, and, and repent at the cross because without that, uh, without a dying, there's no resurrection. But uh, we can't stay there. We have to go and find him where he's at because he is not here. He's went on ahead and go and see where he is. And so don't live your life staring at his cross all the, all the time and don't spend all your time at his grave because he's not on the cross, he's not in the grave, he's gone ahead of you and he's waiting for you to pick up your cross and to follow the same path that he did. The cross and the grave and the resurrection and a new life, that is the plan that Jesus has for every single one of us. And the way that we do that is, is we repent of our sins. We tell God, I'm sorry for all the bad things I've done, uh, words and deeds and actions. We can't name them all. We can't list them all. There's so many of them. And, and, and a true repentance is actually turning from those ways, turning from that lifestyle and saying, I'm coming to you, Jesus. 
I'm forsaking all of those things, those friends, those, that lifestyle. Uh, none of that is good. I'm turning my back on them, and I'm turning to you, Jesus. That's what repentance is. And, and so that's how we, we, we begin to die out uh, as we identify with Jesus' death. And then we have to be buried as Jesus was buried. And as we read in Romans, that's through baptism. We are covered, uh, immersed underwater as, as if Jesus was covered by the earth and covered by the grave. That's why uh, sprinkling baptism doesn't even make sense because uh, you don't sprinkle people's bodies. Uh, you don't leave them on the earth. They've got to be buried. Uh, and so uh, immersion by water in the name of Jesus. If Jesus has done everything, all of these things, it would only make sense that we get baptized in Jesus' name, right? The name that is above every name. And so he's not on the cross he got off the cross and said, you, you pick up your cross now. He's not in the grave. He came out of the grave. He says, now it's your turn to go into the grave uh, and go through the waters of baptism. And he made a way uh, not just for him to go to heaven because he ascended into heaven, but he made a way so that you and I will one day ascend into heaven. And the only way we do that is if we have his spirit, because it's the spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead. If it doesn't dwell inside of us, guess what? We're not going to be raising out of that grave. Uh, it's the spirit that does everything in our life. And so the path that Jesus paved is so that you and I can ascend into heaven as well. Now, I know everyone wants to go to heaven. We're all, everyone's going to heaven. If you, by confession, everyone, no, nobody's going to say, I'm going to hell. Uh, everyone says we're going to heaven. But I think sometimes, I think sometimes people may think that we get kind of leapfrog into heaven. You know, come to Jesus, believe, and confess. Boop, leapfrog, and now you're in heaven. What about the, the identifying with Jesus? What about picking up a cross and, and going through the grave and, and experiencing all the suffering that Jesus did? And so uh, the, the, the religion that Christianity has kind of been made out to be is just kind of uh, you kind of leapfrog your way through this blessed life. And now all of a sudden you wake up in heaven and everything is great. Uh, but that's not really the case, is it? Because we have to identify with Jesus and follow the path that he made for each and every one of us. And so we don't get a, a fast pass in life. We don't get to cut the line and skip a lot of things because we know who Jesus is and what he did for us. No, we have to uh, bear our own cross and we have to get into our own grave and we have to uh, let Jesus fill us with his spirit in order to experience that newness of life. And we talk about the cross, but it's not our cross that we talk about. We talk about his cross. But we also need to be reminded that we too have a cross. And if all we talk about is Jesus' cross, then we're probably not carrying our cross. Because you imagine, you imagine carrying a cross, I think you'd feel it. I think you'd probably be telling people, or they'd hear you groaning, uh, carrying this massive wooden beam on your back. Uh, you're going to know when you're carrying a cross. And so uh, the cross of Jesus is where it all started. But we also have to make sure that we're carrying our cross, because we all have our own. 
And his death did it all, and his grave did it all. But we also have to have our own grave. By, by passing the buck on everything Jesus, he did it all. But he did it to say, now it's your turn. Now it's your turn to do what I did. Uh, and so that is, that is really the hardest part of it all is, is going through that. Um, and uh, as much as we would like to uh, ascend into heaven uh, 40 or 50 days after we are baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, that would be wonderful. Uh, but that's not the case. God has a purpose and a plan for every one of us. That's why we are still here. If we are still here and you haven't been baptized, God's given you the opportunity to get baptized today. If you're still here and you haven't received his Holy, His Spirit, evidence and speaking in a heavenly language, uh, you have an opportunity to do that today. And so I wouldn't leave here without it because without all those things, we're really nothing. Musicians, if you would come. 2 Timothy 2 and 10 says, Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. Now, obviously, I didn't hear that saying really grown up. It doesn't seem to be so faithful nowadays. But obviously back then it was a faithful saying, if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. I think it would behoove us and, and, and better us if we made this more of a, a faithful saying in our life, uh, that if we be dead with him, we shall live with him. Why? Because it reminds us that we still need to die. It reminds us that there's still a cross with my name on it. Even though he died for my sins, I still have to die and to pick up a cross every single day because if we be dead with him, then we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. Now, we don't want that to be a faithful saying. But how true is it? We can't, Jesus is not expected to do all the suffering because we are we're following in his footsteps. Uh, and so if we deny him, he will also deny us. And so it, it, it's on us to realize we have to acknowledge and, and appreciate what Jesus did because we would not be here without it. But it also should be a reminder every time we see a cross, an empty cross, knowing that Jesus is not on that cross, it should be a reminder to us and saying, where's my cross? Where's my cross? Because if we're not asking that, then not, we're not really dying, are we? We're out enjoying our blessed life because of what Jesus did for us. But really, we need to be making sure we're carrying our cross. Uh, you stand with me today. Philippians, Paul writes to the Philippians. He says, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Imagine that as we liked, we like to receive the gains in life. We like all the things being added to our life. Some maybe have more than others. But Paul says all those things that we would brag about and we would we would tell others about as a gain in my life. I was blessed by this and this and this. And Paul said, all those things I count for loss for Christ. You see, Paul never, he never 
got to the point where he realized that, oh, I don't have to carry my cross anymore. I'm so blessed. That I don't have to die anymore because of all the gains in my life and how God has blessed me and prospered me. And I don't have to do those things anymore. No, he says, everything that I've got in this life is all a loss. Because it means nothing unless I have Jesus in my life. What good is it to gain the whole world and to lose your soul? When Jesus has a way for every one of us just to pick up our cross and to follow after him. He goes on to say, yeah, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. The problem with prosperity in America is we have so many gains in our life. We have so much stuff. We got so much stuff that we have to pay uh, a, 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 a huge building to store all my extra stuff. Got so much stuff. Monthly payment to keep up my gains. And Paul says, it's all worthless, really. What value do we see in those things? When Jesus has done everything for us without him, None of that matter. We can't take any of that stuff with us. We can't take our possessions and our, and our new truck to drive on the streets of gold. That ain't going to make it up there. Uh, and so all of these things that we hold on to, and we're so proud about all these gains in our life, we, the problem is with that we get distracted and realize the, the true meaning and the real meaning of it all, and that is it all is a loss that I need to make sure I'm picking up my cross and follow him. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. And so we have to, we have to be found in Christ. We have to be in him and he in us because we have nothing to stand on our own. Our righteousness is as filthy rags, whatever, uh, uh, we're, we're nothing, we're, we're, we're sinners that are saved by grace, so we can't stand on our own, we have to be in Him. He has to be inside of us if we want to expect any kind of chance to make it, and so uh, we need to understand that in verse 10, that I may know Him. We need to know Jesus. We need to know him. We know his name. We know all that he did. Uh, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. It's not good enough just to know the name Jesus. You need to know the power behind the resurrection. And the power behind the resurrection is the spirit of Jesus Christ, the spirit of God. That's why the Bible commands we need to receive the Holy Ghost. We got to receive that spirit because uh, people may say they know him, but they, do they know the power of his resurrection? And also, where he's not done, we, we would love to stop there. That's a great part, but up. Oh. The fellowship of his suffering. We have, we have a cross too. We have a grave too. Being made conformable unto his death, if by any means that I may attain 
unto the resurrection of the dead. He says, I'm doing all this because I know I've got an appointment with death. I've got an appointment. There's a grave site with my name on it. I know it's coming one day, and i got to prepare myself because once I go into that grave, if I don't have Jesus Christ with me, I'm not coming up on the other side because I can't raise myself from the dead. Only Jesus can do that. Only the Spirit of God can do that. That's why we need His His Spirit inside of us. And not just for today, but for that day that we face the grave. What a sad day that is, that people that face the grave and they don't have the power of the resurrection inside of them. you got to have it before you go in because once you're in there, you can't decide that now's a good time to repent. Now's a good time for me to get baptized while I'm already buried. No, there's no more choices there. God has given grace to everybody. He's given opportunity to everybody that we can come and find an altar, find a church that preaches. We need to carry our own cross. We got to get baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. And so uh, the opportunity is for every single one of us. He's not here. He's gone on ahead. And he wants us to follow him through the path that he set before us. And as much as we're, we're looking towards the, 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 the gold line streets, before we get to that, we got to see a cross. We got to see a cross with our name on it. We got to go to our own grave and say, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm coming out. I need help. I've tried everything. I've tried to spend all kinds of money, but yet I still wake up and I'm still that wretched person. I still have that nature inside of me. That's because we need to die and get the Holy Ghost uh, that we can walk in the newness of life. And so, what better day, what better time? for you to come and and pick up your cross than on Resurrection Sunday. What better day for you to find your grave and say to God, no more. I'm not doing it anymore. I've tried long enough. What better day to say, I'm going to face the grave today than on Resurrection Sunday because we know the power of the resurrection is here. You can walk out of here in the newness of life. Walk out of here with the Spirit of God inside of you that you're ready to face whatever is out there. You're ready to face any devil or death or sickness. Why? Because it's inside of us. So Jesus has gone on ahead. We're to go meet him. He's got a mission for every one of you. But you're not going to receive the orders of that until you obey the first orders, is that you've got to be born again, born of the water and of the Spirit. When we were younger, there's a game called Simon Says. Anybody ever played Simon Says? Maybe you've won. I don't know if I ever won. But it gets a little bit more complex once you become an adult and you're in the world. Simon Says is just a silly game. There's also a complex game. It's not really complex. It just is different. It says Jesus Says. The adult version of Simon Says is Jesus Says. Where whatever Jesus says, you better do. And if Jesus didn't say it, I wouldn't do it. What did Jesus say in John chapter 3 and verse 5? 
He says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, unless a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That's his kingdom. You think he's no who's gonna he's gonna allow inside his kingdom or not? And he says, If you've not been born of the water and of the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Jesus says. It's not all that complex. But it's a matter of submitting ourselves and saying, God, it's not about me. Thank you for the cross, but i got to find my own cross. Thank you for going to the grave and dying for me, but i got to go and die myself. i still got to die. i still got to die out to these things. And so uh, today is a day that we all can come and say, God, I need more of you. God, you're not here. You've, you've paved the way. You've gone before me, but I still got to follow after you. There's still things in store for me and for you that God has in plan, but we got to make sure we're willing to do that. Does anybody want to follow after Jesus? Does anyone want what he has for you? Amen. These, are, these altars are open if you want to come and seek the face of God. If you want something in your life, if you need prayer for anything, Jesus is here today. The power of the resurrection is here. Will you come? Will you come and experience Jesus today? He's paved the way for you. Come on, will you come and talk with him saying, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Will you come? Thank you for going to the grave. Help me, Jesus, to bear my own cross. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, we can all come. We can all worship him today for what he has done if you haven't been baptized in Jesus name today is a good day to do that come on he's got something for you he's got something for you today well let's all close our eyes and begin to worship the Lord well let's just say a prayer to him Thank you, Jesus. Acknowledge. Acknowledge what he has done. Hallelujah. Bow your head and say, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I'm not worthy. Hallelujah. Forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me, Jesus. You haven't received the Holy Ghost. You're going to raise your hands. Come on, his spirit is here. To cry out to him. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. 